0: Don't be ashamed to learn things that you need to know. Here's explanations with Dr. Doe. Sexplanations Podcast episode 26 with my dear friend Lauren Marie Fleming. Hi. Hi, I'm so glad to be on here chatting with you and back on Sexplanations. I know, right? I think that you're
1: my you're one of my two favorite YouTube stations. Like <laughs> you're one of the only two YouTube stations I watch like every video of.
0: Did you call it a station? Yeah, you're
1: like a TV station. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> am I Am I showing my age there?
0: I'm really not that old. I'm just so not hip. <laughs> well, you didn't call it the YouTube, so that's a start. The YouTube, yeah. That's funny. What's the other one? Uh, Vaga Brothers.
1: They're... Um, was one of my brother's best friends that he traveled all around with. And they're two brothers that travel the world and they have amazing videos. So I love the Vagabrothers.
0: Oh, I don't know them. Now I'll have to look into it. How do you spell their name? V-A-G-A Brothers. So like
1: Vagabond, but Vagabrothers. Vagabrothers. Oh, so fun. Yeah, and Marco was a best friend of my brother and they traveled together right before my brother died. So I have a special place in my heart for that station.
0: Of course that makes sense. Stations. <laughs> I love so it. Station
1: channel. There we go. <laughs> like I said, I've never I've never been hip. <laughs> That's <laughs> totally not uncool. True.
0: Lauren, you're one of the hippest people I know. <laughs>
1: Well that's uh that's all the facade. So there we go.
0: <laughs> well then you put on a good show. Right. All the all the youngins that keep me hip. Good. So I met you at CatalystCon four years ago. Oh yeah. It was four yeah, and a half four, years yeah. ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. And my goal with talking to you today is to just see what we've done in those four years or what we thought of each other back then and how it's changed or stayed the same, you know? I love that. I think that one of the things that changed the most when I when that
1: video of us came out was how much I realized that I was making generalizations and assumptions. So like there was a part of that video on tributism that I was like, oh nobody does that, nobody scissors. And then all, <laughs> all of your people were like, oh hey, some people do. And I was like, oh yeah. So it, it helped me not make generalizations. But that was a really good, really good realization that I got out of that. But I I was making generalized statements about sexuality. And I've learned from your station and your lovely followers to limit my generalizations about sexuality <laughs>
0: yeah, the, the fans of Sexplanations are pretty incredible. And that experience is really powerful for me too, because I was doing the shooting on my own for the first time. So normally I have a videographer who is capturing the footage for me, but I had a little GoPro and I had gone to CatalystCon and then uh, met you and we did the interview by the pool. You were wearing a bikini. And I was just I was wearing a bikini. I yeah, forgot. About that. This person is so cool. She's just gonna hop out of the hot tub and talk to me. And we we talked about body image and your childhood and and then we got into these um side conversations which are posted as extra videos on the channel. You can really only find them if you go to the comments sec- or not the comments, but the the description of that primary video on CatalystCon and look and see. Yeah, I, I think that
1: uh, this is going to sound really cheesy, and I know this sentiment is overused, but that video changed my life. What? It changed my career, not just my life. So um, I don't even know if I've told you this yet, but that was the beginning. I watched that video and saw how lit up I was when I was talking about body positivity And after watching that video, Mm -hmm. I decided to stop talking. Well, I I had made the transition from talking about sex to talking about writing about sex and writing about difficult topics, but that video made me want to write a book about body positivity, and that video became my book, Body Love, 10 Steps to Profoundly Loving Your Body. So my body love movement that I did for two years, I did all of this... Um, working and workshops and talking and writing a book on body image started from watching that video and seeing the reactions of how much your subscribers needed it and wanted it. And I was like, well, if these people from this one video needed this, imagine what the rest of the world needs. And I started doing body positivity work after that. So that video changed my life. And I also saw myself and I was like, I want to be this confident all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I want to. That was my first time ever in a bikini in public. And then I was on your YouTube station and I was like, I want to do this a lot. I want to be talking about body positivity a lot more.
0: Oh, I love it. I know you changed my life. <laughs> oh, you changed my life. That was a really big deal for me too. So, I just looked it up. It says the primary video you and I did was right after Catalyst Con Part 1. We did an on body image with Query Bradshaw, which was your kind of stage name. And then as two kind of side videos, we did Query on Tribadism and Query on Queer where you talked about being queer. Both of those are unlisted. And together, all of those videos have over 100,000 views. Hmm, that's so great. It's so great. I, I think that one of the
1: things... I love about the internet is the way in which it allows you to reach people that you wouldn't otherwise reach. So you and I met in person for sure, but we were able to keep in touch and I was able to to really connect with your readers in a broader way. And I think that that like reflection of their experience with what I was saying really helped propel me to want to keep saying it. Mm. To, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. There were a lot of people calling me a whale and saying that I needed to not wear a bathing suit after that came out. But the majority of people were like, yes, I just need this so much in my mm. life. And, it, and seeing that feedback of how much people needed it and realizing how much I still needed it and how much the people in my life still needed it, it really was inspiring to just keep doing work around body image work. And it was, it was really profound.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And your book is, how is it doing? It's doing great. Yeah. I have
1: copies behind me, but you can't see because <laughs> this is audio, but if we were video, I could show you, I have a bunch of copies and I love it. And it's, um, I made it a, it's like a part coloring book, part journal, part um, self-help book. So it really is an interactive experience for people, which is what I wanted them to have. And I was just remembering coloring books. We had There's a body love monster in your Masturbating Monsters book, too. Yeah, That was inspired by our uh, video together.
0: Yes. So I did a little coloring book called Masturbating Masters, and you sponsored one of the characters. And so I can't remember it entirely. It has a tail, I think. Based on it's the like a mermaid, yeah,
1: yeah, and a, it has a like a sleeve. mermaid
0: tail lizard monster thing. It's pretty great. And there's like a tattoo sleeve, yeah, and yeah, yeah, cute. So some of the comments on your video, by the way, because I was I'm worried I don't want people to say that you can't be doing what you want to in terms of expressing and loving yourself. So I'm reading some of them, and it said, "She looks awesome." I have to try that trick with the fist. <laughs> oh, yeah. I gave my blowjob technique, too. <laughs> you did. She has to be one of the coolest people alive. She has to be. What an adorable bikini. Wow. Where did you get it? Love it, ladies. Oh, this is so cute. Lots of Lots of good things. Lots of good,
1: wonderful feedback. And it was really great. I find that... I really like your fan base because they tend to be really supportive and kind, and I think you've kind of set that tone for them in your videos, and I love that. I really love that. It's a rare thing to have on the internet, to have a community that's supportive and kind and rarely has people taking other people down, and that's really needed and important.
0: Mm, good. You know what I was thinking? Let's do a giveaway of your book.
1: Yes, absolutely. I'd love to do a giveaway of my
0: book. I'll buy a copy and we'll give it to one of the people who uh, listened to this episode. What are your thoughts? How should we structure it?
1: I love that. Let's do a giveaway of the book and then let's also include a giveaway too. I have a journal journaling course called Journal Through It from Oh Shit to I've Got This in 30 Days. And it's like <laughs> a... <laughs> It's a great program. It really just ta- shows you how to overcome life's obstacles through journaling, and it gives you the steps to take. And I'd love to give away one of that, too, because I think that that's a really good resource for people.
0: Oh, my gosh, Lauren, that's so sweet of you. Yeah, happy to happy to give that away, too. So how should we structure it? Who gets the prize? Who gets the prize?
1: Well, um, do you want to make it random, or should they have to enter something? We want them to enter. I mean, do they want to like have to write an essay or do a photo or do you want to just have them enter and have the winner picked randomly? Mm,
0: I don't know. I don't know the world of podcasts well enough to know how to structure a giveaway like that. I think you can put comments on SoundCloud, but not everyone listens via SoundCloud. And we could do it via Twitter where people have to do a hashtag, like hashtag love your body or, you know. Hashtag Lauren's gifts. You tell me what, what is your platform of choice? Well, so I have a. Um,
1: are you going to cut this part out, or should I? Does <laughs> this stay in live? Hi, everybody. It's totally <laughs> up to you. Well, um, I have an app that I use on my on my website that we could do, and it's an app so they can we can make it so they enter and then they get more entries if they tweet something nice to the world.
0: Ooh, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, I like that. So
1: I can set that up on my website at laurenmariefleming.com slash sexplanations, and I'll set that giveaway up there. And so you have to, you can, anyone can enter to win, but if you want to get more entries, you can tweet to the world telling them something nice, and then you'll get entries for other people who win who enter to win.
0: Ooh, I like it. Okay, so if I'm understanding correctly, laurenmariefleming.com slash sexplanations, they go there, and then they can enter themselves and then for each thing that they tweet out nice to the world with some sort of hashtag we'll get them another entry yes okay cool yeah that's exciting so it it encourages people to say to send like some some love out into the world as well be nice to each other be nice to each other I love it. Okay, so on that subject of niceness, by the way, I, I want to do a plug for some really special people. Laura Schuster, Donna Flint, Matty O'Sullivan, Paul Nixon, and the Millers, they have been incredibly supportive of Sexplanations podcast, and I just want to do a nice shout-out for them and a question in their honor. Now it's time to hold our test This is not so much a multiple choice question as it is an open-ended question to know what space you're looking forward to most in terms of sharing with other, either bloggers, writers, sexologists, sex educators, et cetera. Maybe it's a conference or a workshop, et cetera.
1: While I really love in-person conferences and I think they're super important and they're a great way to meet people and connect, I do recognize that it requires a higher budget than a lot of people have. So if you can't make it to the big conferences that are in DC and LA, I'm really in love with these online summits that people are doing. And I especially love Don Sarah's Explore More Summit. I was a part of it a while ago and it brings in these amazing experts and it's all free and then you can pay to get even more benefits from the experts and like coaching and courses and things like that. So I love these online summits that are happening so they're accessible to anyone no matter where you are. And I like it because I think back to when I was a kid and I needed to see these kind of things. You know, a kid being even, you know, in my 20s too, I needed these and I couldn't afford to go to these conferences, but now they bring the conferences to you. As far as in-person conferences, I'm really excited. I just today, enrolled in um, Muse in the Marketplace. It's a writers' conference in Boston, so I'm excited. I've been going and speaking at a lot of writers' conferences. And then I'm actually speaking at this really cool conference in Mexico in a town called San Miguel de Allende. So I'm excited about doing international conferences and teaching there as well. So, But I'm really enjoying online workshops that people can come to for, no matter where they are in the world. And uh, I host a bunch of them on my website. And I'm in the middle of hosting a week of conferences as well online, so that's fun. So I love these online platforms and meeting spaces that are that are coming in ways outside of Facebook and social media, but these summits and workshops, I think they're a really great way to connect with people all over the world.
0: Oh my goodness. You just enrolled in a... <laughs> all I can think about is you just enrolled in a conference today. You're such a badass. You're just doing it.
1: 10 minutes before we got on the call, I, I, I enrolled in a big writers conference in Boston.
0: Oh, so fun. And then Mexico.
1: I love it. Yeah. One of my favorite things to do is to speak. I love speaking at conferences and speaking at colleges. And, and so I, I go to a lot of conferences and colleges.
0: I mean, I do my fair share of that, but uh, it's always such a big deal when I go to them outside of the professional role and I'm an attendee with my colleagues and peers. And I just, oh gosh, and it's such a big deal to choose which one I'm going to go to and how I'm going to invest that money and time. And oh gosh, Oh, it's so exciting to think about, and you just committed to one. I know, and I'm actually not
1: speaking at this. This is the first time I've been to a conference that I wasn't speaking at in over two years. Wow. So it'll be exciting to be an attendee.
0: I really want to go to Bill Tavner's Sex Educators Conference in New Jersey. Have you ever been to that one? I haven't, but I've heard good things. Yeah, that's that's the one where I'm, oh gosh, wouldn't it be so great if they invited me? <laughs> Intent, we'll have to send this to them. Like, bring
1: Dr. Dale.
0: Pay attention. I wanna come and talk to your audience. But yeah, that's one where I've thought about just committing on my own. And then I've never been to um Asect the American Association of Sexual Educators, Counselors, and Therapists. Have you attended that conference at all? I haven't either.
1: You know, I'm going to kind of admit something. I tend to attend conferences that are outside of my expertise because I like to broaden my horizons. So I quit going to sex conferences per se because I felt like I was learning a lot of the same things I already knew. Mm. So I started going to writers' conferences and purposely choosing like... Tracks that are subjects I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I'll go to a science fiction track because I don't write about science fiction. I will go to a conference that's about entrepreneurship or creative entrepreneurship. I'll go to, I to one day to be able to go to VidCon and see all these people that are making videos, mm-hmm. which is a different <laughs> world than a writer is in. So, um, I like to kind of think adjacent. So there are topics that are what I am, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I have my own online business. I do coaching. That's an entrepreneurship, but it's not necessarily sex. So I like to kind of go adjacent. So I haven't been to all of the sex conferences, but I, I do help run a sex, one sex conference, but it's more like a sex event. But, um, do I know about this? I don't know. So my leather family, I am into BDSM and I'm in the leather community. And my leather family, which is like a chosen family of people that help each other through all different kind of life events, um, two members of it just bought an event called Desire Leather Weekend. And it's a weekend all women's event in Palm Springs and they rent out a hotel and it's clothing optional and it's sex positive and it's just, they have workshops and informational stuff. And it's, it's amazing. It's really, really a life-changing experience. And I'm glad to be working on the mentorship part of that conference. Now I'll be in charge of that.
0: Wow. I didn't know any of that about you. (laughs) Yeah. I, I got, I got some kinky sides. (laughs) They're not very hidden. (laughs) oh so fun and it's in palm
1: springs it's in palm springs and so yeah they rent out a whole little hotel that's usually a gay male nudist resort and it's just this gorgeous little tiny hotel and it's about 200 people to and of women of all different representations of womanhood mm-hmm. and yeah it's it's wonderful there are workshops during the day and there's bdsm play at night and it's private, or is this something that we're all going to try and do now? If, yeah, you, anyone, desireleatherwomen.org is the website, and anybody who's over the age of 18 and identifies as a woman can come. Wow. I love being naked, Lauren. Oh my gosh, you should come. It's just like hanging out naked in the pool, especially at night, just seeing the stars, the hundreds of stars above you. And the mountain is right there in Palm Springs and there's like cactus and you're just looking up and floating naked in the pool. It's amazing. And it's, it's bodies of every type of representation, gender and size and color, people of all over all different backgrounds. And it's, Yeah, it's really great. Different abilities. And it's a really diverse group of people, too. So it's super body positive. I feel at home and comfortable. And it's one of the places that I feel the most sexy. Mm. It makes me feel really desired and really sexy and really valued. And then it's a play party in addition to that? And then it's also super sexy and hot. (laughs) It's like, yeah, it's it's an intense play party.
0: Wow. So fun. I hope that people listening, some of them will feel like they've found their conference.
1: Yeah, you know, I found that I didn't know when I was growing up, and even into my mid-20s, I didn't find a place for myself and my sexuality. And queer leather conferences, even though I wasn't really into leather itself, like it's kind of uncomfortable, (laughs) it doesn't breathe, (laughs) and I feel really awkward (laughs) in in the actual material of leather, the leather community provides a lot of support and love in a way that i've really needed in my life and it it's really nice to be around people who like i'm not the weirdest one in the room i'm not the freakiest one in the room my desires are loved and accepted. And like Desire Leather um, Weekend, it has a wall and you put down your wants and desires and people help you get them met. (gasps) And yeah. And so having this place where the whole idea is you're allowed to have desire, you're encouraged to have desire, and you're supported in getting your desires met is just revolutionary.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it sounds sargasmic. It literally is. <laughs> Just be I mean, the art of communicating what you want and having a safe space to do that, uh, that alone just turns me on. I teach a workshop there called need, want, can't, and it helps people
1: understand their desires for the weekend and what they're looking to get for the weekend. And that's at the beginning of the weekend. And so it helps people. And this is something anybody at home can do. I love a need, a want, and a can't list. So when your need list, it's like what you absolutely have to have to feel fulfilled. Your want list is like what, what would be extra and wonderful. And your can't list is like, I can't have that and feel safe. And so I, I make that for everything from need, want, can't do in my business to need, want, can't do in this sexual encounter. And I like that better than a red
0: yes. It's kind of like a yes, no, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I really like it. I'm thinking in my head what, my, what a need, want, can't would be for me. I'm, I think that when I have a full bladder... I do not want to have sex on a full bladder, but I don't know if it's a want or a can't or a need. I guess it would be how you'd put it. Like I need to use the restroom first or I can't have sex on a full bladder. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I need to experiment with it more to know its column. <laughs> I think it's just such a, such a great, you can apply it to everything. Like everything
1: in your life, you can apply it a need, want, can't, and you can do it so quickly. It's, it's one of the techniques I teach in my journal through a course I just, and I have a blog post on it too. I can send you a link to include in the show notes um, on how to create need, want, can't lists. Sweet. That's amazing. Look at you teaching things that are important <laughs> to the world. I love journaling. I think that it's, I, I I understand that I am partial because writing is my thing, but mm. I think that journaling is a really great way to understand yourself and to process in ways, in relationships where you might not want to process with your partner or process before you go and talk to them or just a way to understand yourself better or process through something. So I'm all about journaling techniques. I'm all about taking some time to write down what you're thinking and feeling. Um, And it it has saved relationships for me and it has made me have better sex. I really think that journaling about what my desires and my needs are has really made a difference in the way in which I approach sex and relationships because I think for so long... I just went into sex wanting to please the other person because I was a woman and that's what you're supposed to do, right? And I was fat, so I should just be lucky to be having sex, right? And I was awkward and I was queer and I'd take anything I could get. And I'm not to say that there wasn't consent and that I didn't have good sex, but I didn't really understand what I needed and what I wanted from encounters and from each encounter and how they changed. So I started journaling to understand myself better and to understand my needs and what I needed out of my life. And it's made a huge, huge life-changing difference for me to just have this place that I can access when I don't have a therapist. It's like my little portable therapist and best friend all in one.
0: Ah.
1: And I have a free journaling course. I forgot about my free course. <laughs> I have a free journaling course at laurenmariefleming.com slash journaling, if anybody wants to learn about journaling, um, but don't have the budget for the paid course.
0: How are you so cool?
1: <laughs> um, it's actually because I live in Southern California, and so it's so hot here. I have to be <laughs> cool to, to counteract the heat outside. Can I just tell your listeners that we're talking right now and I'm in like a t-shirt and jean and like just like some yoga pants and you're wrapped in a warm sweater freezing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm so cold. For those of you who watch Explanations, the YouTube channel, I am wearing the kind of vulva brown sweatery thing with the arms that's fuzzy. Because I am so cold. And Lauren keeps telling me how lovely the weather is there in California. And I keep looking up plane tickets to figure out when I can get out of here and go and visit you because I love apricating. Do you know the verb apricate? I don't, but I love it already. A-P-R-I-C-A-T-E. It means to bask in the sunlight. And it is something I... Oh, I love with all my heart. We need a Sexplanations Body Love meetup on the beach in
1: San Diego in like mid-February when everybody's freezing. <sighs> we can just appreciate in the sun together and talk about how great it is to love your body.
0: Okay. You, you plan it. I'll show up. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. It can be a, a Valentine's Day present to ourselves. I love this. Right? Yes. Isn't that good?
1: Yes. Although I will actually be in Mexico for Valentine's Day speaking at a conference, but we can do a post a late Valentine's Day.
0: I know, and I'll be in Michigan speaking at a university, not on Valentine's Day proper, but the day before. So makes it tricky. Gosh, I was. I wish I was in Mexico. I'm gonna go to the cold Midwest instead. Don't worry, Michigan. I love you. Yeah, I've heard
1: only good things about Michigan. Never been. You all should bring me to Michigan so I can can hang out in Michigan with you.
0: Yeah, do it. Okay, so let's do some Kegels. Do you pronounce them kegels or kegels? Oh my gosh, I was just watching. Have you seen the movie Sleeping With Other People? Uh, I don't know. Have I? Tell me. Allison Brie and
1: Jason Sudeikis, they lose their virginity to each other and then meet like 15 years later at a Sex and sex Addicts Anonymous meeting. I have not seen it and it sounds awesome. It's really funny and it's great. And they have a debate over whether it's kegels or kegels while he's teaching her how to finger herself. <gasps>
0: Oh, my gosh. I know.
1: And they come up with my favorite new term. It's called the dirty DJ. It's like what you do to the clit, like a DJ scratching a record. It's the dirty DJ.
0: Oh, my gosh. I don't know if it's because I'm having a lot of sex right now in my life or <laughs> uh, if it's just what you're saying, but I am so into everything. I'm just like on this couch in my little vulva hoodie just having the time. But well, I feel like around. if I was hanging out in a
1: vulva hoodie, I'd be all aroused and excited, too. I mean, <laughs> the vulva hoodie might be doing it.
0: Yeah. All the, the sensations. It's so soft and warm. Oh, so much goodness is happening in my life right now, Lauren. So good. So good. Yeah. The cold isn't going to get me down. <laughs> okay, so this movie,
1: what did they decide? Um, so she is a pre-med student and says it's Kegel's. Kegels. And he says it's Kegels, but she says in premed it's Kegels. I don't know. I think um, I'm doing them right now and deciding if they like Kegel or Kegel better.
0: If the actual muscle exercise prefers mm-hmm. to call itself, I'm like one asking my vagina right now. Do you
1: want while I'm doing Kegels? I think it Kegels. I think it just answered for me. Kegels. Kegels. Okay. But that's you know that's how my vagina wants to say it. So however your vagina wants to say it is up to you.
0: I want to say it after the person whose name, I think it's based on a person's name, right? Yes.
1: But it's kind of like the G spot. All these things are named after men who are like proud of themselves for discovering women's bodies that we've known for years. (laughs) It's like, cool. Yeah, I get it. Like You discovered the
0: clitoris? Uh, Let's try that again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Congratulations. You found it after 500 years of scientific research. (laughs) I found it in five minutes (laughs) of personal research.
0: (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, I will look it up and I'll say it correctly. Um, I know. Do you know Reed Mahalko? Mm-hmm. He is also a Kegels guy rather than a Kegels guy. And then my friend Rochelle, who's done an episode of this explanations podcast on urinary tract infections, actually, I think she went with Kegels too. So if it, we did it like oh, both the E's are the same, it'd be keg-
1: Kegels, Kegels, uh, uh see. I should know this because I'm like a writer by profession yeah. and I f- I'm feeling real, real unwriterly right now. I'm
0: bringing up the pronunciation. <laughs> Do they have that on like NPR? It says Kegel. Kegel. Keg- Kegel. This one is, okay, so this one is pronouncednames.com, but that doesn't seem like a very strong site for it. And it's also, it sounds like a twenty foot Four year old young man.
1: So I was, I worked at Oregon Public Broadcasting while I was in law school and I was in their legal department. And one thing I realized when I was there is they, PBS subsidiaries have all this research into how to pronounce things and they have a database for how to pronounce people's names properly and things properly. So I wonder if you could find a P, like if any P, any uh, public broadcasting or NPR would be able to tell you exactly how to say it right because they do research in. NPR does a lot of research into how to say it right,
0: how to say things right. PBS or NPR, I'm calling you because I need to find out how to correctly pronounce P, no, not P, K-E-G-E-L.
1: I understand that I'm not calling to make a donation to your subscription drive. (laughs) I want to know how to pronounce Kegels
0: or Kegels. I'll do both. I'll give a donation if you can help me out. Yeah, I'm a member of my local KPBS here in San Diego. Oh, see, that's just more cool points for you. That's how that
1: works. I'm totally that hipster who doesn't know how to say YouTube, but is a member of their
0: KPBS. (laughs) No, you do know how to say YouTube. You just do this really endearing thing of saying that we have a station rather than a channel, which, you know, that just gives me more power in the world. It does. (laughs) You have an entire
1: station. Your whole
0: station, not just a
1: channel, but you have a station.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Take that, the YouTube. Okay, so let's. you've been doing them, some Kegels and Kegels. Yeah, I've pretty much been doing them since we started talking about it. Well, keep going. Or don't. Take a break because I don't want you to get too sore. Because I have a friend named Kenton who makes these toys called Fun Kit Toys. They're silicone kind of body universal play things that he can actually— take different colored silicones and make spirals and rainbows and then they have different shapes and the bases of them are so strong as suctions that you can attach them to each other and then you can make more toys and more toys and more toys. They're amazing. So I'm going to keep talking about his toys and then we'll just keep exercising. Okay. I like this idea. I'm, I'm going to think about these toys
1: while I'm kegeling. This is probably the most action I've gotten in a while, so I'm going to keep it up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. You can come to Missoula. We'll put together a little sex party for you or something. I like this. Lines. I like this plan. I have some fun kit toys you could even play with the toys themselves. Nice. I so know. what is this called? Fun kit. Fun kit. And it's so clever because what he does on the branding is to turn the N on its side so it looks like an N but It's uh, positioned like a C, so it looks like fuck it toys. I like it. Right? They're so cool. And I I don't know what he was doing at the time, but supposedly the story goes that he was a Sexplanations viewer and he was working at like a more traditional job. And then he switched into making sex toys.
1: As you all should. Everyone listening, this this is exactly the transition you should be making.
0: Yeah, I'm an ENFP. That by title is the inspirer. So hopefully you're all feeling inspired to write your books and make your toys and go to these conferences and you know get laid if that's what you want to do. Just make sure you're doing your journal, make needle
1: lists, do your kegels or your kegels.
0: Do them both. Do twice as many. <laughs> one that has this pronunciation and one that has this. One set of kegels, one set of kegels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What Lauren said. I like this. Oh, yeah. See, I'm so ripe right now. This is, this is what's happening on this show. Lindsay's just going to get turned on for an hour. Ta-da! I think that this is the best thing that people could ask
1: for, right? <laughs> and that's why they tune in is to hear us talk about giggles. Audio guidance on how to get aroused and journal. What intellectually arouses you? Can I, can I ask you a question? Is this allowed? Yeah, of course. Please like, what do. What gets you off mentally?
0: Everything. (laughs) Good answer. (laughs) I identify as a sapiosexual, which some people really don't like because they say that it's ableist, but it's my orientation. It's how I feel oriented and the same way that I won't judge another person for being attracted to uh, a certain gender or age group, etc. I don't want to be judged for liking smart things. And so... I've talked about this before. If my friends are playing trivial pursuit, that's a huge turn on. Or if I'm in a room and there's a highly intellectual conversation going on, I might not be able to engage because I'm really limited intellectually beyond sex. But it is so arousing. I'm like right there with you. And I have heard the ableist
1: argument and I totally recognize that it is, and also can be a classist thing. Like a lot of people don't have access to the education. And a lot of the idea of sapiosexuality often comes as like, I need you to have a certain degree from a certain school. And I don't think that that's it. I think Mm-mm. that it's, it's sometimes portrayed that way. But for me, I need you, I need you to be curious. I yeah. need you to want to know things. I need you to be interested in pursuing more. Not necessarily more like goods, but more knowledge, more thought. I want you to want to look at debates and things from different sides. That is super sexy to me. Um, I don't need you to be somebody who's been traditionally educated in the traditional education system, but I want you to be someone who enjoys reading, who enjoys learning in whatever form works for you, whether it's reading or not. Yeah, I I just... Ugh, until. Intelligence is sexy, but beyond intelligence, I think intelligence alone isn't sexy for me. It's curiosity. I want you to be interested in experimenting with thought and body and sex and life. (laughs) They're going to think I put you up to this. No, and I I was saying that, I was like, that's like kind of your thing, stay curious. But yeah, if you want to date me, you need to stay curious. (laughs) And I'm single right now, so... I just need people who are curious and and that's been one of my problems dating is finding people who like somebody I went on a couple dates with they just didn't care about curiosity they were really happy with where they were and that was amazing for them and I'm happy for them but I need somebody who wants to explore and learn and go somewhere new and see what it's like whether that's intellectually or physically to travel or psychologically or sexually
0: you're speaking to my mind, Lauren, and my vagina. Hey. Hey. Hey.
1: <laughs> talking to your kegels. My kegels are talking to your kegels. <laughs>
0: <laughs> will just go to the comment section of Sexplanations videos then and say, hi, I'm here. This is Lauren. And you heard me. You heard what I'm into. Here's what I want, need, and can't. Need, you want, know my website. Yep. <laughs> come find me. What
1: cat list? (laughs) Stay curious. (laughs) Stay curious. (laughs) Uh, That's funny. I hope you find what you're looking for. I think I want to say that I feel like it's important to talk about when you're talking about sex, that sometimes it's okay to not be having it. And it's really frustrating that I haven't had sex in a while. And it can be really lonely but i think that that sometimes it's okay to take a break if that's what you need and i think that there's sometimes a stigma against not getting laid and sometimes we go out and out of our way to get laid just to do it and for a really long time I felt like I couldn't admit to people that I wasn't getting sex, especially when I was like writing as Corey Bradshaw. But sometimes other things take precedent. Like after my brother died, sex wasn't as important. There's this hierarchy of needs. And Understanding where your needs are and where sex lies in that is is really important, and I think it's okay to take a break for a while. So if there's people out there who haven't gotten laid in a while, I just want to tell you that you're not alone. <laughs> <And that> even sex <laughs> experts go a long time without getting laid, and sometimes it's okay if your priorities are elsewhere. Like I'm a highly, highly sexual being, but I'm also trying to finish this novel of mine, and so sex is is not as important. And sometimes I feel there's a stigma against the fact that I don't get laid, and I feel like it's something wrong with me, or or like maybe. I i have lost my sexuality, but I think that really it's okay if you just need a break from it for a while to focus on other stuff. That said, I'd really like to get laid, so (laughs) So it's like it's like this it's this push and pull, you know, it's a dialectic. At one time I'd really like to have sex, but another time I don't want to have sex at the expense of finish like I'd rather finish my novel.
0: Yeah. So you're saying that your need is to finish your novel and your want is to have sex. Yes, need want can't. And I
1: can't let sex get in the way of finishing my novel. For me at this point in my life.
0: Need want can't. I think that sex is so energizing for me and self-actualizing, and so I I don't know. I'm not writing a novel right now, but I feel like the sex would almost generate the novel. So
1: the sex would absolutely generate the novel, but going out, I should say, going out and finding someone to have sex with is not, is so time consuming, especially when you're queer. Like it's really, when you're queer and you're leather and you're fat, I live in San Diego and Southern California isn't necessarily the most fat friendly place. San Diego actually has an amazing group of fat positive activists here. So there's a lot of safe spaces and the leather community here is extremely body positive. But you know, when you're already 10% of the population and you take 10% of that and 10% of that, you start to get down to a statistics game. And I've gone on some dates and stuff and it's been really great and I've loved it, but I don't love it nearly as much as taking off for a month and writing in Mexico. Mm. And so it's not the sex that takes away from it. It's the, it's like (laughs) dating is really time consuming. It's like applying for a job. It's really time consuming. Like sometimes you don't have time to apply for another job because you're too busy doing your job. And so it's not the sex. Sex itself can be really great and really endorphin-inducing. And I'm, the book I'm writing right now has a lot of sex in it. So it'd be great if I could, you know, try out some scenes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it is really hard and time-consuming to put yourself out there. And especially, I travel around the world a lot. And so it's it's difficult to to choose where the priorities are. And I think that a lot of times you can feel, like, lonely or sad or less than or insecure that you're not getting laid. Um, When for a long time I was like, why am I single? Like, I'm so great. I like, I'm loving myself today. I can be sexy and I can be smart and I have a lot to give somebody. So why am I single? And I I cook a mean dinner. Like, I'm not going to lie. I'm a really good cook. And so why am I single? So I'd constantly be like, why am I single? Why am I single? Like it was something wrong with me. And then I started reminding myself when I'd be, when I'd say these things, why am I single? I'd remind myself that it's a choice. Like I could go out and find a partner tomorrow. I mean, probably anybody could. It's just whether you find a compatible partner. So waiting for the right person became more important to me at this stage in my life than just going out and finding anybody. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with going out and just getting laid and having that experience. It's just not where I am currently in my life. And honestly, I have to say casual sex became harder for me after my brother died. And I watched my brother die and it was a really violent death. And so sex, sex has become so much harder for me because... Being vulnerable requires me to, I cry a lot during sex and after sex. And so it's difficult to have sex with a stranger when you're crying. Yeah. And um, life experiences change you. I think that watching my brother die turned me from a proud slut into more of a demisexual. I had to know you before I was aroused. Mm-hmm. Like I used to be really turned on by a lot of people and I thoroughly enjoyed random sex with strangers Um, consensual sex with strangers, especially at BDSM events. But now I I need to feel safer than I had to before. And trauma will do that to you. And so for me, waiting for this safe space is more important than just getting the physical need met. And, you know, I'm lucky I used to be a sex toy reviewer, so I'm very lucky. <laughs> I have lots of, lots of implements that can help. And I do have BDSM events where I can create the safe space and have these experiences, but I haven't had a partner for over three years and, um, like a, a regular sexual partner. And that, that always felt like an impossible number to me, but it's actually been really good for other aspects of my life.
0: Ah. Sounds so nice. Yeah, you know,
1: it's at once really sexually frustrating and at the other time really amazing. So it's like this, again, dialectic um, holding two truths that it's hard to not get laid and to not have like a lover to hold me at night. And it's also wonderful to have this time that I would otherwise be giving to a partner or to a relationship to build on myself and to go to therapy and to read books and to travel the world on my own. So it's, it's this dialectic. I like it. And it's all about just, like, not holding judgment either way. Wherever you are, not holding judgment of what your needs are in that moment.
0: That's beautiful, Lauren. You're saying all these beautiful things and blowing up my brain to the beyond Sand your kegels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And blowing up my vagina. <laughs> well, thank you um, for sharing all of that. it's really cool of you. We have one more thing to do before we go, so you get to impart even more knowledge. Well, kind of it's a sextra credit a little homework so you don't forget it here's dr Doe's credit so basically we give a homework assignment to the listeners between episodes so that they're learning when they're not here so do you have something in mind i i mean i know that we've we've talked about this
1: a lot but i would love for them to practice need want can't lists in three different areas of their life and see how Really understanding their needs in a moment can
0: help them get their needs met. Need, want, can't lists, And are there any parameters to it? Like for me, when I have people do a want, will, won't list, I have them do 30 items per column.
1: I'd like you to, instead of doing items per column, to take a situation in your life and three situations in your life. So here is... Um, my work, what I want out of my career or out of like this job or this project I'm working on. And then I'd like you to take it to your relationship. And then I'd like you to take it to a road trip or like a vacation or the holidays or a meeting with your family. Honestly, need, want, can't lists have helped me set boundaries with my family in going home for Thanksgiving. So I'd like you to try it in three different ways, three different parts of your life and see the way in which... We practice setting boundaries in easy places and mm. setting our desires in easy places so we can do it in hard places. It's hard to set my boundaries with my parents, but if I practice setting these boundaries with my friends or with my coaching clients or with my um, colleagues, then I can take it, that practice that I've been doing, down to the more difficult Um, situations and more emotionally tense. So try it in three different parts of your life. One that's kind of easy, one that's kind of medium hard, and one that might be difficult for you to get your needs met or set your boundaries.
0: Yeah. Do it. Please do do it. it. And please go to Lauren's website because I think what you're giving away is so cool, but also what you have to offer there at no cost to people Or even the things that you do charge for, it's so cool to look at them and see what resources are available and how you're helping people in the world to express themselves. I value it a great deal. Yay, I'm so glad. And
1: yeah, again, I just think that everyone has a story and we need to look at the ways in which what stories we tell ourselves and what story we're telling the world. And so I love helping people discover their story and then tell it and live it and own it. Yeah.
0: Bold move, kind words. Lauren, thank you for being on the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me again. It's so great to reconnect with your listeners and to reconnect with you, although we do we do keep in touch because you're <laughs> one of my favorite people.
0: Oh, you're so sweet. You're one of oh, my favorite people, too. I just bring
1: up the fact, I don't think we fully had a conversation about the fact that I was in one of your crush videos, yeah. and when my f- my photo popped up, I was, like, so excited and so honored. Oh. <laughs> It was of one of those days where when I'm having bad days, I go back and I think, you know, Sexplanations had me as a crush.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I do a
1: little dance. and I So uh, not only was I in the video where you interviewed me, but I was also in your crush video.
0: Yes. So it, if you haven't seen it yet and you want to see the, um, I think it's just called Crushes, isn't it? Crushes, yeah. Yeah. Lauren is listed as one of my crushes. You're definitely one of my professional
1: crushes as well and uh my kegels are crushing on your kegels
0: (laughs) talk it up exercises i also want to thank complexly for production and cinema studios callie for doing all the sound work and count boogie for the jingles uh lauren again amazing time with you so great to talk with you thank you again for having me on and please be in touch everybody yeah can i say it with you
1: can i say it with you
0: well, did you know on this one we do Ancora and Paro. I don't know what that means. It means I'm still learning. I love that. <laughs> but you could say, stay curious with me. Stay, stay curious. curious.